0: G'day everyone. Welcome to the fourth edition of the Mungrel Punt podcast. A heap to get through today with AFLW starting but we're going to be concentrating a lot on AFL as well. We're going to be talking about the Carlton forward line. Expectations around who does what given that Charlie Curnow has a knee injury that is worse than first expected so he'll be out for what's looking like the first half of the season No good Charlie Uh, The return of Jordan Degoe out of shape this preseason. I'm sure he's probably worked into shape by now but the Picture in the Herald Sun during the week was uh, very unflattering. Um, did you have a thought on that, Mrs. Mungrel?
1: Kind of looks a bit like me, actually.
0: Yes, <laughs> you're, you're more like Jordan Dagon at the moment than Jordan DeGoei. Going to talk a little Burn. bit about. Going to talk a little bit about Port Adelaide. Uh, I'm not really sold on them this year, given what happened with their veterans last year. Got a couple of things. I'm looking forward to in 2020. Going to be throwing a couple of these in every podcast up until the season begins, and then we're going to hit up some reader questions, which, as Krusty the Clown would say, is my favorite part of the show.
1: That that was awful. Look, <laughs> don't do that. I don't either.
0: do clowns well; they're pretty scary. So, I want to launch into uh, Carlton forward line, and there's going to be a bit of pressure on a bloke called Mitch McGovern, who we've been a little bit a little bit critical of in the past. I think uh, I think it was you said he had bingo wings the other week.
1: Doesn't sound like something I'd say That well, was probably was that, me. was that you? Could have been me
0: hmm. So they're saying that Charlie Curnow could be out for half the season with his, with his knee injury So I'm wondering what is it, what it means for McGovern and for Harry Mackay up forward Mackay, Mackay? Harry Mackay? Alright, he's our guy, Harry Mackay So I'm wondering what it means for those guys Mackay um, started out really well last year And was hitting his stride with Kernow on the sidelines and McGovern he, he was everywhere the ball wasn't last year he just really looked as though he was out of sorts and couldn't couldn't get amongst it. I think someone pointed out that he was kind of running to to half forward and the ball's gone to the opposite opposite side of the ground every time he did it he scored 20, 22 goals in 16 games last year and I'm wondering what the pass mark would be for him in 2020 and I can't see him Justifying his wage Which is reported to be About 600 grand a year By kicking anything Under than 30 goals For the year And probably playing Every game I think that that He probably gets Unfairly labelled a little bit Due to his name His brother plays For West Coast And is a bit of a
1: Is his brother better?
0: Well look His brother's better Oh no He he came from Adelaide He was pick 43 There So he wasn't A high draft pick Or anything Nor was his brother To be fair uh, his brother came through very, very late, like rookie-listed or something. He wasn't in the best of shape either. But he's a much better reader of the ball. McGovern played, probably, uh, Mitch McGovern played probably the third or fourth forward at Adelaide. And now he's been thrust into a position where he's probably going to be, have to be one of the top two at Carlton. He's going to have to earn the money he signed for. And uh, last year, he he definitely didn't. He hurt his back. Remember we spoke about last week. He actually fractured a vertebrae in oh. the preseason. Oh, I do. And I uh, was unable to, to get fit. Word out of Carlton is that he's in really good nick this year. And uh, gee, I'd like to see him kick 30 goals, 30 plus goals, and, and shut people like me up. All broken All bre- old broken spine. Old broken spine. He comes in like on a walker onto the field. <laughs> He just kind of limps on there, and then he gets a shot, and he's able to run around for it. I was going
1: to say, he gets his 30 goals because everybody else is just going, is this okay? Yeah,
0: can I tackle (laughs) this guy? Is there some sort of OH&S regulation I should be aware of?
1: Are they going to cry because it's a hard tackle and I should have seen his walker?
0: Well, you know, if you're out there, I don't think you can really have any special treatment with your walker out there these days. But they've had an addition of Jack Martin, who should play a fair bit up forward and probably run through the midfield as well. Eddie Betts returning to Carlton. He'll help him for a year. And if those guys can draw a bit of heat, McGovern might not have to do as much. The other guy who will probably end up being the number one forward is Harry Mackay. McKay, McKay. He was leading the league in contested marks early in the season last year. Can
1: we just call him Harry from what team? Big Harry. Yeah. Big Harry from Carlton. Big Harry from Carlton. Beautiful. All right.
0: Big Harry Mackay McKay from Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a... He's probably going to be thrust into the number one forward role And I reckon he'll he'll excel down there It'll be interesting to see how he goes And we had the X-Factor Ladder published this morning, actually Which was a a really convoluted mathematical process um, And formula that I put together Involving the hardest of all mathematical equations to decipher It's addition, isn't it? It's addition, Mm. yeah, I really struggle with that I haven't even entered the division yet That'll be pretty hard Long or short, doesn't matter uh, and one of the people was saying that Jordan Goey missed out, and I was like, yeah, well, he actually wasn't good enough to get on there last year.
1: Isn't that funny? Because a lot of the times when you do a list or something that you've added up using stats, and people jump on and say, oh, how about this person? He should have been in there. But then you actually look at the numbers, and they shouldn't. It's just that they might perform for part of the year or be high profile or be the best in their club.
0: Well, Degowie's had the label of superstar for probably two years now, and a lot of that comes with the territory of playing for Collingwood. So he's very explosive, really, really good on his day, had a fantastic 2018, and then last year showed up to training a little bit out of shape. Lo and behold, jump forward 12 months, there's an article in the Herald Sun with uh, by Mark Robinson, who's an expert on not being in shape. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and... Uh, it's, it contained a very unflattering pick of of the goey He uh, rocked up in late November to training and didn't look in, in fantastic shape. Robinson was criticizing him for un, being unprofessional. Eddie Maguire came out and defended him, of course, because it's his boy, uh, saying you know, he's a 23-year-old, he's obviously... He has every right to go out and enjoy himself in the off-season, do what a 23-year-old does, which is obviously hit the cheeseburgers and pierce. <laughs> Because, look, it may have just been a really bad photo of him, and yeah. we've we've all taken them like you know your double chins hanging out, and yeah, well, you haven't, obviously, <laughs> but uh, I have plenty of them, and uh, yeah, the guy just just looked horrible. I'm sure he's working to shape by now, but this sort of thing doesn't set you up well for a, for a season.
1: But I think we've got a bit of a funny idea of what's in shape, like a super buff looking guy can also just be really dehydrated in yeah, a show pony. A show pony exactly. Whereas it has it's not going to show how fit he is in a cardiovascular sense. It's not going to show how strong he is. It's going to show that he's carrying A bit of extra weight maybe.
0: Maybe a bit of, bit of water weight. A bit you of should go water. and see I'm very Shane Warn and talking about water weight. Get some diuretics of Shane Warn's mum perhaps. Oh my god. <laughs> well she's purveyor of these uh, fine goods. Yeah, it's always the mums, isn't it? Yeah, dodging blame them. dodgy mums. Got one sitting yeah. across from me.
1: But he's, <laughs> he's 23 years old. I mean, it'll take like two weeks of clean eating and proper training. And he'd be fine, but he has to put work in.
0: The thing is, this is his contract here. He's coming in. He, apparently he wants a long-term deal, which is fine because he's a great player when he's fit. But he, if he hasn't put the work in We could be talking about over the duration Hundreds of thousands of dollars he's costing himself Now like We, we always talk about how we screw over our future selves mm. You know, dishes need to be done eh. I'll do it tomorrow Future me will do that tomorrow <laughs> Then the next day, current me hates past me Because I didn't do the right thing I'm wondering if in two years time When goy has got a, a decent sized deal He wonders, sits there and wonders If I'd have done the work two years ago I would have had a lot more money than I do now. His financial advisor will whack him over the head with a folder or something and go, you stupid boy.
1: He's a kid. He's a kid. And Eddie, you know, he's not wrong that he's young and wants to go out and have fun in his off-season. But their careers aren't long, unless they then move into the media.
0: Speaking of careers who aren't long, there's a woman who played yesterday in the AFLW who's shown up in career-best Nick, So I showed you a picture of Anne Hatchard the other day, just a couple of years ago, and she was packing a bit of weight. So she's gone away and done all this work over the last two seasons, to be honest. She made a big step last year, and then yesterday she broke the record for the most possessions in an AFLW game with 34, which was more than double the next best person on the ground.
1: This is the woman that you said just kept running.
0: So yeah, well
1: Like she's a machine. She is the Sarah Connor of the AFLW. She was just go 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 while everybody else is standing.
0: So I couldn't let a bit of play in the last quarter to you when we were watching the game or when I was watching it and you were looking at your phone. (laughs) And she was was late in the game, was probably halfway through the last quarter. And she earned a free kick on the wing and kicked to half forward. While that woman took the mark and turned around to kick it, Hatchard runs past her again, and the person who was charged with tagging her and keeping her under wraps is a good 15 metres behind her again. Now, she didn't get the ball again, but what she was doing was making contest after contest after contest. And that comes from hard work and nothing else. So that comes from the preparation. And that's what happens when people do their own preseason, keep themselves in good shape, do the extra work. And that's something DeGoey hasn't done. Someone else who I reckon hasn't done the work or maybe hasn't been able to do the work is Sabrina Frederick, who moved down from Brisbane to Richmond. And if you look at the way that they played on Friday night, you had players take possession of the ball, realise that Sabrina was in the vicinity and going to chase them and just take off because they know that defensively, once the ball's on the ground, she's a bit of a liability. They can run away from her. And I'm wondering whether yeah with Hatchard being so fit she now becomes the benchmark so you look at her and like she's the yardstick right if she can do it everyone should be looking to to achieve that same level of fitness that's what's going to take to be recognized as a great player in the league
1: well she seems very much eyes on the prize knows what she wants here and is willing to go after it but and I did a bit of looking into this of
0: course you did it's research right
1: the each club has two tier one level players. Which means? They get $30,000 per year. And that's their wage. And then the next level down gets 23000 The next level down gets nineteen, And the next level down from that gets $16,000. Now, I'm going to put it out there that every single person who... Maybe he's carrying a bit of extra weight or isn't too fit.
0: Present company excluded. (laughs) I
1: was going to say like our good selves. Comes back from a day at work and just goes stuff it. I'm hungry, I'm getting whatever, stuff it. I'm not going to the gym, I'm too tired. How do you put in work to be an elite sports person if you also have a part-time or full-time job? You have to want it so badly that... You can override that instinct of, I'm tired, I'm just going to sit down.
0: I don't know what these women do for a living outside of football. I haven't looked into it. And I'm certain that there's... I know there's like midwives and doctors and stuff yeah. that play in AFLW. They're drawing a lot more money from their actual full-time pres- professions than they are from playing footy. The footy is basically a labour of love. Yep. I know that Sabrina has sponsorships. I've seen her on TV advertising stuff, so... I'm guessing that she would be one of those tier one players at Richmond and if she is and she's drawing a wage from other footy related employment do you think that's good enough to not be in the best shape possible
1: I think that at this point in time with Hatchard being so fit there's now zero excuses for anybody
0: she set the bar pretty high hasn't set she set
1: the bar really high When you when I saw her just just running, just taking off. And I'm thinking, everybody else is just sluggish in comparison. Yeah, they were jogging it out, weren't they? Yeah. But that's the bar. And Mm. that's the thing. If you are the top player in the club, if you are the person drawing $30,000, it doesn't matter that it's only $30,000. You're now the top. The person on $16,000 expects you to be the top.
0: Mm. You need to work. The
1: rest of your team who aren't paid as much expects you to... To set to the perform. example
0: yeah Yeah Well, we'll leave it there And uh, maybe if people Have got a bit of insight Into which players Are Tier 1 players And how much they're earning I mean We're, we're taping this On a Sunday afternoon So there's still AFLW games going on As we speak And uh, I just watched The first half of Collingwood and West Coast So we'll have some stuff Up on our site Later on today Hopefully If things go well But um, we, we'll cover this uh, Ann Hatchard thing A little bit On our side as well Because when people break records, I'm I'm really big on it. I like to to focus on when things are going really really well, and she's she's obviously taken a huge step. I, can, I reckon she can get forty touches in a game this year.
1: I just want to go back to Jordan degoey mm-hmm. being out of shape. He's twenty three. Give him two weeks. Force him to eat well. Force him to work out. He'll be in great nick.
0: Yeah, come on, just quite, just push him. Quite really possibly. Hard. I, I'm over the belief that if you are prone to soft tissue injuries. That you should do everything you can in the off-season To prevent them from happening So last year he had hamstring problems Unless he's out there doing yoga
1: Everybody should be doing yoga nah, You should be doing it's yoga pretty soft really isn't Oh it? my god.
0: Alright, I'm going to jump to Port Adelaide here We've uh, received word Via media sources No one actually told us <laughs> <laughs> That Ollie Wines has injured his shoulder again this year He injured it last year uh, In a water skiing accident Prior to the season This year he's done the right thing Gone to training, doing the work, and actually injured his shoulder at training. Now he's gonna miss the start of the season again. I'm a bit worried about where Port heads this year. Last year their veterans really fell down. They had Travis Boke, who was excellent. He was he turned the clock back and actually turned it back to a point he'd never been before. So that's impossible. <laughs> so he was playing half forward the years, the year before, uh out of position. He went away and did some some different sort of training. So he trained doing some underwater stuff, believe it or not. So he'd be under there holding his breath, and there was stuff that he had to do to make decisions under pressure. So I'm losing my breath, I need to do this this A, B, and C before I can get up and get some air. Strange, but it actually improved his endurance and his ability to make decisions while he was a little bit panicked.
1: Wait, we've got... Hold on. The, was this in the off-season?
0: Yeah, last year.
1: So he's doing this, and the others are eating macas and just no, 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 lying no, no, face no. down.
0: What's no? Travis Boak wanted to move back into the midfield. Thought he had a fair bit to give still. Yeah. Uh, he's the wrong side of thirty now, and he's just had a career best year. Yeah. And he attributes some of his success to, to doing that to doing different sorts of training. I'm surprised Port Adelaide haven't done their whole preseason underwater, given the results that he got last year. So basically it's
1: just worlds apart though, the the willingness and the desire to well just the, to be elite.
0: Just wanting to, yeah. to go and, and look drive, for a, a different it? way of going about things. And it's obviously paid off for him. So Port's veterans last year, Westhoff had a poor year. Robbie Grey bartender. Probably his worst year in five or six years. And he was probably helped out by the fact that Connor Rosie was so good for them. Charlie Dixon was coming back from I think it was a broken ankle he had, pretty nasty one. But he's never kicked 50 goals in a season. He's their key forward. I'm wondering if he ever will. Um, he needs a really big year. So I look at those guys and I'm like, gee, all I need is one or two of those kids to not progress any further. And they might end up in a bit of trouble this year. They're they're looking but like they could really go either way. All of a sudden, a couple of veterans regain their form and they start hitting their straps as a team. If those veterans, if Robbie Gray gets injured... And something happens to Travis Boak I I think I heard something about a shoulder injury for him Hopefully it's not too serious But if they can't get a lift out of the kids again And they don't go up a level They could be in big trouble this year So I want to jump to a few things that I'm looking forward to in 2020 I've only limited to three this week Because I've got to get to your questions Very important I'm ready You're ready? Oh, you're reading them out So I've already seen them So it's not like you're surprising me here
1: Oh, I will. Uh, I'll ask everybody's age.
0: Don't ask (laughs) follow-up questions. I've done no research. (laughs) So the first one I want to see is I want to see Don Scott inducted as a Hawthorne legend this year. So he's been having a a bit of a spat with Jeff Kennett, our old buddy Jeff Kennett. Boo, yes. No one likes Jeff Kennett. I don't think his own family likes him that much. If I was his family, I'd hate him. Anyway, Don Scott. Don Scott was basically responsible for the movement that saved Hawthorne in nineteen ninety six. Hawthorne were going to be merged with Melbourne and he got up there and made an impassioned speech at the town hall. I went to this meeting by the way, it was fantastic. Yes. Who's Don King? It's not Don King. Don King is <laughs> Don King is a uh, former fight promoter. Is in, he the
1: one with the big hair, like the yeah, wild book? Yeah, he okay, Mike no, Tyson's manager. Because I was really confused.
0: Robbed then. him blind.
1: All right.
0: Yeah. So okay. Don King, not the most reputable fella in the world. And uh, Don Scott has no hair, so easy to distinguish, gotcha. indistinguish. One's a black dude and one's a white dude. Okay. One has plenty of hair and one has no hair. Maybe Don King's even dead. Who even knows? <laughs>
1: Certainly <laughs> not I. No.
0: So I'm looking forward to Don Scott and Jeff Kennett making amends. I hope Don Scott gets his way. When you're getting inducted as a legend, or the offer is made for you to be inducted as a legend, I think you do it on your terms. So he wants to do it at a function where all the past players attend, and I think Kennett wants to just give it to him at some meeting that you know none of, the, none of his former teammates will attend. It doesn't mean as much to Don Scott. So I'd love to see Hawthorne actually, you know, Extend the olive branch And say Dom we're, We want you on board We want you as a legend Where do you want it How do you want it We're happy to oblige For what he did for the For the club Over the long period uh, I want to see some more Bumps and shepherds In Not shepherds pies Although That was pretty good before
1: You don't No No Okay no What Look, One of um, Your followers on Facebook Calvin Asked If it was a shepherd pie Or a cottage pie and I need to point out it was a cottage pie. How
0: the fuck am I supposed to know what, what's what?
1: You never would. And I totally don't blame you for not knowing. Tastes good. It was all right. Yep. It was all right. But yeah, it wasn't a shepherd's pie. Boo to you.
0: Yes, HB. it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> More bumps and shepherds in 2020. So a couple of times last year, and I want to point out one player in particular, and I don't mean to, to really whack this bloke, but at one point last year, a bloke called Tim English took a mark and dished off to a teammate and allowed the opposition to run straight past him and tackle them. And I'm like, Tim English, you're a big bloke. Put your body in the way and knock this guy on his ass. All he'd do was stand in the way. And he didn't do it. And I'm thinking that there's actually a bit of a penchant for players to run on and try and get a possession themselves than there is to stop in their tracks and prevent the person that's chasing from making ground. You're allowed to do that when people within five meters, you can stop and block them or Bump them or whatever and
1: Basically do a boget.
0: Yes, Andrew Bogut used to do that But you not let not let them move in basketball when you do that Officially um, In the AFL you can run and smack into someone As hard as you can And we saw that with um, Sidney Stack from Richmond last year Where he ran into Jack Viney And Viney's a tough bloke And he sat him on his ass And, and Stack ran past him He kind of looked back over his shoulder like Up you get buddy And Viney wasn't getting up quickly. It takes a lot to knock him down. I want to see more of that stuff. It's the the kind of thing, it's gladiatorial. So when you look at that and you you see players run into each other and making that effort to not take players out, but take them out of the contest to help their team. You have a bloodlust. You have a real bloodlust, don't you? The last one I want to see goes completely against something I said last week or the week before where um, it looked as though Harley Bennell Had done his calf again And was going to be Pretty much done for the year He's actually Signed a contract with Melbourne now And will be on their list for the Remainder of the year I'm really hoping that he actually gets a chance To to play and gets out of there Gets out there and Shows people what he is still capable of Whether his body holds up or not I suppose remains to be seen But He has the ability He's never really shown it except for glimpses when he was at Gold Coast. At Fremantle, he gave him nothing. And now he's moved to Melbourne. So this would be last chance, Harley, and I hope he gets the chance. So now we'll jump to reader questions. This is the, your time to shine.
1: That's a worry. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sean. I don't know where Sean's from. I should have probably.
0: Facebook. Facebook. He Sean lives there. from Facebook
1: <laughs> has asked for some insight into Hogan and Fremantle.
0: Oh, Jesus. Um, it's a strange situation there. We had a journalist in inverted commas named Kim Hagdorn. It's interesting Kim name Hag- there. Hagdorn. Hagdorn. Sounds like a Viking.
1: A Viking lady.
0: Oh, hey, Hagdorn. <laughs> Hagdorn. Come here. You're, you're required in the bedroom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks,
0: Arnie. <laughs> Arnie's a bit of a Viking. Anyway, so he's a, a radio personality. He has a show with a bloke called Carl Langdon who used to play for West Coast. Our resident Frio expert, Matt Passmore, tells me that uh, that Hagdorn doesn't like Frio and Frio does not like Hagdorn. So he's always looking for a chance to whack him. He actually reckons that, that Hagdorn's full of shit. He says that Frio supporters don't listen to his radio show. He's not welcome at the club. So I suppose it comes down to who you believe, that with a smoke there's fire, he's stating that That Hogan's played his last game for Fremantle And that Fremantle were looking to cut ties with him Hogan's management Pretty pissed off about that statement Fremantle pretty pissed off about the statement too Look, there's a chance that Hogan May have played his last game There's mental health issues there That have led into some alcohol problems Part of me wonders Whether it's alcohol problems that have led into Mental health problems Or whether it's just a young bloke who likes to get on the piss too much Look, either way He could be he could be a former Fremantle player by the end of the year Could even happen during the year, who knows uh, I think everyone's kind of hoping that he Kind of finds his way back in, back to the club And back into the team And uh, I'm sure Fremantle supporters Would like to stick it right up Hagdorn's ass <laughs> if, that's the, if that's the case
1: Hagdorn, our old lady Viking friend
0: Yeah Look, If someone can whack up a little uh, GIF of him or a little picture of Hagdorn In the Viking outfit Might use that later on huh? Hello oh,
1: no. Okay. Well, Peter from Facebook asked there too about Natanui.
0: Without context. That's it. No wow.
1: context. Just
0: just go. Well, Peter, he's leaving a bit to the imagination here. So I kinda had to think about it a little bit because he didn't lead me anywhere. He just kind of threw it out there and turned his back and walked away. I'm like, okay, Natanui, yeah, Peter's great. Peter's a man of mystery, okay. He is. Well Peter, thanks very much for your input. Very Austin powers of you. <laughs> <laughs> He's a national man of mystery. <laughs> he hasn't gone overseas for a while. Um, I want to know whether you know. he's the difference between a, being, you know, winning a flag and being a finalist this year. I don't really know he's ever stood up in the finals before. He owns one of the worst grand final performances of all time, 2015 I believe it was, where he basically didn't touch it against Hawthorne, couldn't get involved in the game, but he had plenty of mates that day. Given that he's a bit of a force of nature, when Nick Nat has the ability when he runs He can actually carry a a whole pack of players forward 10-15 metres Almost by force of will So his strength and power Taps it to himself Taps the ball down Runs onto it Grabs it They converge on him He either gets a kick away Or They tackle him to the ground We have another stoppage So having him in the ruck Basically gives you 15 metres advantage Every time he goes up He's got Tim Kelly there at his feet now Yo Shuey Redden Gaff Sheed He's got first-class midfielders, he just needs to become a first-class ruckman again and not get injured. So if he does that, he could be the difference this year.
1: I like him. He's a monster. I think he's one of my favourites.
0: Why why is that?
1: He looks like he could just pick up two other players and just throw them.
0: Into the fence? Just... (laughs)
1: Look, look. That wasn't
0: his fault. (laughs) It was the fence's fault, obviously. (laughs) How dare it position itself there on the side of the ground.
1: You know, I sometimes think that football fans are a bit irrational But I'm starting to understand why Because Nick Knickknack can do no wrong I don't understand why Why he gets so much flack, it's unreasonable
0: You anyway. know, I, I love when he buries someone in a tackle Bang Bang I hope he gets away with like four or five of them this year And just really just poleaxes a few people
1: <laughs> Okay, so we have Rami from Facebook No way <laughs> Who asks about AFLW, so he wants Rami's Roundup.
0: Rami's Roundup. You've seen Toy Story (laughs) how many times at our house?
1: Like about 50 today. Good
0: movie. Good movie. She's a big Tom Hanks fan. Um, We'll have our our wrap-up on the site tonight, hopefully, Rami. Uh, We're doing a complete wrap-up. I don't want to touch on too much. We've had, I think, the Carlton... And Richmond game we did a, an individual wrap up of We've been taking notes for games we've watched Over the course of the weekend And we're doing a combined article with a couple of Different writers who have Covered off all games for us hopefully I, I really hope there's a couple watching Right now because we're not watching And um, it would be good to get their input So hopefully by the end of, end of tonight Sunday night, if not Sunday Then early Monday we'll have something up on the site Capping the whole round So keep your eyes peeled
1: Okay so then we have Jordan.
0: Hard name to pronounce.
1: <laughs> right, I just totally got stuck there for a minute. Uh, Jordan, who is from Facebook, asking about <laughs> um, round one predictions.
0: Way too early for me at the moment. There's too much water go under the bridge, and Jordan, we'll keep this. And we're, I reckon closer to the start of March. We'll jump in and make predictions then, but there's so much that can happen in the next month.
1: I don't I don't need that time. Yep. I'm going to say that there's going to be a Richmond West Coast Grand Final. I'm going to say that Collingwood is going to have a really tough year. Good. There's going to be lots of infighting at the top. With who? St Kilda is going to come who's up. Who's at the
0: top of Collingwood? Wait.
1: <laughs> who's at the top of Collingwood? Yeah. Eddie.
0: Eddie, and who's, who's he fighting with?
1: No, no, no. Eddie's going to decide to play.
0: Oh, good God.
1: <laughs> He's going to have his final... Ego exploding moment.
0: The last time he tried to kick a ball, his glasses fell off and his phone fell out of his pocket. It's
1: basically me. Anyway. No,
0: you actually made contact with the footy.
1: <laughs> and the... It's This is their year to shine. I can feel it.
0: If yeah. only Sad Coach was there still.
1: Look. Mm. He, ne- he needed to leave to to let is them free. Is he smiling again? Has he retired?
0: Uh, he's... Doing some other work Who knows what he's doing I think he's working in football again but If he's...
1: he's retired He's probably smiling
0: Well I don't know Whether he can afford it Yeah So oh, there's one question for you So Daniel asks Of you Mrs. Mongrel mm. Who has the best hairstyle In the AFL
1: This is really my territory It, it is. really is Now
0: Worst dress sense People who look like things And good hairstyles
1: Now I'm going to say that Cotchen has some pretty
0: Mrs. Cochin
1: Amazing hair What?
0: Mrs. Cochin or Trent Cochin?
1: I don't know what Mrs. Cotchen's hair is like Imagine if her hair's terrible You've got some homework to and do And she has to spend her days Looking at her husband With his luscious locks Just going Get stuffed
0: He's got a bit of Gravity defying
1: He does It's hair. just It looks like if you press it down It would spring up Like a sponge cake Do you remember
0: Brett from Flight of the Concords? Yes And he had that helmet With hair on it Because he didn't like the look of the helmet, so he put hair on his helmet. <laughs> that's, that's how Trent Cochin's hair looks like. You get pulled over for riding a, a bike, and the officer would say, Where's your helmet? Oh, sorry, Mr. Cotchin, you're obviously wearing it.
1: But Cochin has such stiff, kind of rigid hair, but Scott Lysette, Scott Lysette is doing it right. He has Cochin hair that is better than Cochin.
0: Oh, he's out Cochin, Cochin.
1: He has out Cochin, Cochin. I think Cochin better watch out. If they play each other
0: Scott Lysette's making a move What if one of them gets a head injury and has to wear a helmet? I reckon Scott Lysette might try and whack him in the head to take the title of best hairdo
1: He should He should give him a good clobbering (laughs) and rise to the top
0: Don't give him a poor clobbering, no one likes that
1: But, you know, best windswept hair goes to my favourite, my buddy, Dermot
0: Dermot? Dermot. The dishevelled old lady he is sometimes Hey,
1: you know... And it's so unusual for me to be 100% on board with someone, but Dermot, special place
0: in my heart. There was a point last year where he was being interviewed, I think it was by Paul Roos, and it looked like Paul Roos was interviewing a homeless man. <laughs> <laughs> and Dermot had all these exaggerated mannerisms, he's throwing his arms around and he's gesticulating, his head's flopping around, and I'm like, wow, someone's actually going to call the police on this guy. The man's a showman. He's, a short... he's got flair He does And
1: he's great to watch
0: I must say My favourite all-time player thuggish Brutal But when it was his turn to go He'd put his head over the ball and go well, Every single like. time Yeah, yeah
1: So Evan Is asking about The toughest player
0: Well, you have an opinion on this too I'll start and then you jump in So I reckon it depends on What you categorise tough as Because Someone like our old buddy Rochelle Cranston she looks like a serial killer
1: Oh, we should clarify Evan was asking about the AFLW
0: Oh, didn't you say that? I don't think I did Well, you should have said that
1: Yeah, I'm not very good <laughs> at my job
0: So she looks like she'd run through a brick wall to get the footy And I wouldn't put it past her if the, you know, the brick lad didn't do a great job She might make a bit of a dent in that wall Then you've got someone like Lauren Tesserario who, I just got that name right, thank God um, who plays playing without an ACL? So we always hear about people getting ACL injuries. She, she's like, ah, ACL, that's for pussies. I want, I want to play. I've got none. I've got she's no just ACL. got no
1: tendons going on.
0: Just... How's her leg holding together? What, she got like sticky tape around it or something? So they said during the forecast, she's here for a good time, not a long time. And she's, you know, she gets stuck in. She's throwing her weight around.
1: She was the one that picked up that girl and just kind of. Hurled her
0: Yeah Backwards I'm like wow She doesn't really take a backward step I mean that's There's a fine line between bravery and stupidity She's I reckon she's walking it She's really walking it Then you got someone like Daisy Pierce Coming back from having twins I said there's a fine line between bravery and stupidity This is not in regards to football This is in regards to having twins (laughs) (laughs) We got a three year old If there was two of her Man, I I don't know what would happen in this house But I reckon I might be leaving (laughs) The last one For God's sake, take the twins with you (laughs) (laughs) The last one I think Was the one you wanted to touch on Was Taylor Harris
1: Yeah, she, I reckon, is a bit of a monster And I think She's a monster in a different way I think she has the capacity If she wanted to, to control her Her anger and her fury As she gets older, I reckon she'll do that better
0: Well, she can throw a punch, she's a boxer and she throws her body in at contests like there's no tomorrow. She's not scared. Not at all. There's no fear about her at all. What I did see on the weekend, I'll touch on this in our AFL review, I think she took five or six contested marks and gave away five or six free kicks as well. So that aggression comes out in her often against a better team. They may have paid for that a little bit because giving away free kicks, you just basically giving the ball away. Sometimes after the ball had left She'd tackle someone to the ground And then get the ball up the ground for free That's
1: it, she just needs to settle down and
0: Yeah, just settle down, Taylor Settle down Don't don't come after me, you scare me (laughs) I actually like what she's doing out there She (laughs) plays like she means it
1: Okay, now Mick Mm. Is asking about Sun's talent
0: I reckon they've already got the talent So Mick's, I think, intimating that The Suns are in dire need of a talent injection Which you can get at the pharmacy 25 bucks It's vitamin B12 actually It's $8.50 I got one the other day (laughs) Um, But looking at their last couple of drafts They've got Lecocious King Ran Who hasn't debuted yet They picked up Raoul Anderson And Flanders this year Flanders
1: Did you say Lecocious King? What did you just say?
0: Lacocious is one person (gasps) King is another (laughs) Lecocious King would be a good name Maybe if they have a kid together
1: I was really happy then. Okay, sorry, keep going.
0: So they've got a nucleus there now. They've picked up a couple of more experienced players. You know, I think they picked up Brandon Ellis from Richmond and Hugh Greenwood from Adelaide, both of whom, of whom are going to add a bit of a mature body in the middle. What happened last year is that towards the end of the season, the Gold Coast just ran out of legs. So they were tired. They'd been beaten. I think, you know, I think they lost like 16, 17, 18 in a row or something. But when they were fresh at the start of the year... They were three and one, and very could, very easily could have been four and zero, oh. but for a game against St Kilda, they lost by a couple of points. So whilst they're up and going, and whilst they're they're fresh, they're able to compete with anybody. It's as the season wears on, the grind takes its toll, that the younger bodies kind of broke down. They couldn't really sustain it. They had a heap of injuries. I think they're going to be they're going to pleasantly surprise a few people. Probably rudely surprise a couple of teams. I'm not really sure they're going to win a heap of games, but they're not going to get blown out as often as they did last year. Towards the end of the season, I think their average losing margin for the last month and a half was like 12 goals. They were just getting whacked every week. This year, it might be a different story. And that nucleus of kids, if they can keep them together, watch out.
1: Okay. Suns. Go Suns.
0: You like them, don't you? Yeah. I thought you liked them. You're talking about the fat coach and stuff. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I
1: do like them. <laughs> Who was I confusing them with? The Sydney team.
0: GWS. GWS. Confu- yeah. Mm. Very easy mistake to make. Just like Carlton and Geelong, apparently. Very easy mistake to make just, in this house.
1: I don't know. Just, it's the same for me. <laughs> anyway, Andrew asks about the best full forward.
0: In the whole league, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, let's say yeah.
0: All right. If we're talking about down the road, I've got it covered. I kicked a goal the other week around the corner absolute classic. You injure
1: yourself walking up and down stairs. That was your fault. I'm the best.
0: It was your fault. (laughs) Your fault. So if we're talking the whole league, you can't go past Ben Brown. He had a hip operation at the start of last year, pre-season. I thought it would really slow him down. You like Ben Brown, I know you do. I
1: just don't. uh, Hip operations, that's terrifying. Yeah,
0: I I thought it would really slow him down. Uh, He showed no signs of it. Great recovery. Kicked 60 goals again for the third year in a row. He's the only player in the league to do it. Hasn't won a Coleman medal. And I reckon he's going to get beat again this year. He'll probably sit second or third. I wouldn't mind having a sneaky 20 bucks on Tom Lynch of Richmond to win the Coleman this year. Given that he's actually had a preseason. Last year he was catching up for the first half of the year. He was basically on rails. Anytime the ball came to him below his knees, it would go past. He just didn't have the flexibility to do it. Come the bye, all of a sudden Lynch comes out after it, starts... Elevating his game You don't like him at all Do you
1: I don't like him Why And I have zero reason Behind why I don't like him You were
0: talking about The way he looks I'm like it's Superficial like Superficial conversations Extremely
1: today. superficial
0: What did you say He looked like oh, There's, he just there's looks no like detail he, he
1: looks like a cheese stick <laughs> You know those, those Little cheese sticks That kids eat Yeah, yeah He looks like that Alright
0: well, Let's take a photo Of a cheese stick And do a comparison Between him and Between the tre- cheese stick And Tom Lynch See who has more Defining facial features mm. Could be a close one
1: Anyway Okay So Daryl Is asking About Essendon And GWS And doing a swap Between players
0: So it's Jeremy Cameron And Joe, Joe Danaher. Uh, Joe
1: Danaher.
0: You, Your favourite One of your favourite movies Is Tropic Thunder Isn't it oh,
1: I love Tropic Thunder It's a great movie
0: What's the name of The character Ben Stiller plays Like the Oh wow This is going to be Politically incorrect The, the retarded character <laughs>
1: Simple Jack
0: Simple Jack Simple Jack.
1: I, I should point out, if if you haven't seen it, I'm not sure that I actually recommend that you do see it.
0: I recommend it.
1: It's it's very, very inappropriate it's on great. almost every level.
0: It's fantastic. It is great. So Simple Jack, uh, I think the line in it is never go full retard, they say, isn't they, it? They do. They yes. do say that, right? GWS would have to hire Simple Jack to manage their list to trade Jeremy Cameron. For Joe Danaher Jeremy Cameron's coming off a Coleman medal He's at his peak Joe Danaher has been unable to get on the park For the last two years For longer than like three or four games at a time And it looks as though he'll be out For at least the first half of this year as well It might come to the point Joe Danaher's out of contract end of this year He can sign wherever he wants anyway I would not be uh, At the moment I'd not be even looking at Joe Danaher Simple Jack would balk at this deal Simple Jack wouldn't go near it
1: Good Good to know. There you go, Daryl. Sorry.
0: <laughs> that said, if the the media manager, sorry, if the team manager at uh, Essendon, and Adrian Dodoro, the list manager, whatever he's called, was able to pull off a deal like that, they would build a statue to him out at Tullamarine at their training center. It would be an incredible deal, but it won't happen. Can't happen. They've got enough from GWS already. I think they've got Dylan Shield and Devon Smith from there in recent years. They've got enough.
1: I've heard of both of those people. That must be pretty big. Okay. You've got
0: to stop listening.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'll lose I'll lose my um my edge when it comes to AFL commentary. So I'm the best. <laughs> so Chris asks about or just the, about your thoughts on the AFL playing games overseas. He hates it. Yeah, and so you know. probably
0: rightfully so. I mean if it's a if it's good if it's a good windfall for teams, I understand why they do it. If a team like Port Adelaide needs to play in china to bolster the coffers then you know it's understandable why they do it if they're going to draw twenty five thousand at home and let's just say they make 60 grand for the for the game i have no idea what it is but if they're going to pocket half a million or something from going to china you can see why you'd want to be playing pretty poor teams over there in order to get a win i think they're playing st kilda this time around i know gws we spoke about last week and looking at playing in the US there's no ovals over there no one plays footy so it's going to have to be a custom built game Uh, people might have a long way to go too you'd have to do it in round one really I reckon I
1: don't really understand how you can do it in season because won't that completely mess up their sleep schedules
0: they usually have a bye after it the week after
1: I don't think that matters but
0: if it's both teams it's obviously affecting both teams equally so you'd take them both over and give them both a week off the next week to reacclimatise. You know, I'm not a fan of it. If it can be avoided, I would like it to be avoided. People want more exposure of the of the game overseas. I read that uh, Eddie Maguire is trying to set up an Oz Kick program in Beverly Hills, of all places, because he had a chat with the mayor of Beverly Hills. He's yeah. a strange unit, isn't you he? You really don't like him, do you? Your face is just screwed <laughs> up like you want to attack him.
1: I I'm really conflicted by him. You I know, really as am. much as what? He loves his team. Mm, He really loves them. And he tries very hard. And he's obviously worked incredibly hard. And he's dogged about it. And I Mm. respect that greatly. I also think he's a little bit insane.
0: Well, I think most most driven people are.
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: Anyway, look at me doing this podcast and going and writing about AFLW in 15 minutes. A little bit insane.
1: Just a bit. whole lot insane, actually. But, okay, so are you against the AFL playing games overseas?
0: I don't like it, but I understand why. I mean, if it's a financial incentive, you know, teams have got to stay afloat.
1: Hmm. Yeah, all you need is uh, one of those big Beverly Hill types to take a liking to it.
0: And mm. it's At the big day. end of town. Yep. Come play in Malibu. No. <laughs> so before we go, there was one other person that commented on our post asking whether we had anything to discuss, and it was Joe Ganino. Now, Joe Ganino. Some of you may have read about his exploits, Joganino. I have no time for your stupidity, no time for your questions, no time for your comments, no time for your dirty, rotten, ugly face. But uh, I think he owe me a bit of money, so if you can send it to me, I'd really appreciate it.
1: Now, I've never actually met Joe. Look, you think and I'm not entirely sure he's real. You, you talk to him, you, you message him.
0: You believe that Joe is a figment of my imagination? I
1: just, I'm not really sure.
0: I wish he was a figment of my imagination. Unfortunately, he's a real person. And unfortunately, he's one of the worst people you're ever going to meet. You'll eventually meet him and you'll immediately regret it. I regret it. I met him in grade prep and I'm still regretting it now. Oh, you know what they say,
1: like attracts like.
0: Well, sometimes opposites attract, like me, devilishly handsome and you. uh, Great sense of humor.
1: Grotesque. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Guys, we might leave it there for this week. If you've got any comments, please leave them and we'll uh, or any questions and we'll address them next time around. Uh that's it for us this week. Cheers.